So how's everyone Mother's Day been this evening? How, how many mothers, if you want to raise your hand, how many you had your family take you out for lunch, okay? How many of you, your families cooked for you? Okay, just a, just a couple. Mainly they went out. I had a plan. I, I let my wife just choose where she wanted to go for Mother's Day lunch. And in my mind, I'm thinking, man, we're going to go out, some sit-down place in Sandusky. It's going to take a half an hour to get there. We'll wait three hours for our food. And by the time we get back, it'll be time to preach tonight. And so I really was like, oh, man, I wish we could just go somewhere quick. And then so I asked her after the service, like, okay, where do you want to go? And, and what she says, and this is when you know a mother has her priority right, she says, I just want to take a nap. It's good priorities, especially when you have three kids under three and one on the way. <laughs> three, three kids, three and under. But, uh, and so she's like, can we just go to Taco Bell? And so I think we were one of only two families <laughs> who did that. But I tell you, it was good. It was good. But um, yeah, it's, it's definitely not a place I envisioned us going, but uh, it, was, it, was, it was good. And then she got to take a nap, which is always as good as well. So she got what she wanted for Mother's Day. And then I got what I wanted. I got to come to church before church started. <laughs> but uh, listen, motherhood is, is hard. Motherhood is hard. And, 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 and just let's expand it a little bit more. Parenting is hard. And in just thinking, I mean, again, this is Mother's Day, and we're looking at this passage, and, and the, the verse 14 says, is anything too hard for the Lord? And just thinking, there are some times as parents, especially young kids and maybe a little bit even older kids, where parenting just seems impossible. You just, you just don't know what you're doing. And just looking at this passage, I hope it's an encouragement to us. Listen, there is nothing, nothing too hard for the Lord. And we find this. We're going to look at really Sarah this evening and her interaction with the Lord and, and, and what happens. And let's just see how it builds and, and really just the encouragement and, and the, the power that, that the Lord gives for her to believe and Lord, and just listen, the Lord can give every one of us the same faith, the same power to believe the Lord just like she did. Listen, she's in, she's in the hall of faith for believing this, for this. We can believe just like she did because it's not her that was special. It's the Lord who is special. And so let's look at it. Number one, we're going to see the promise revealed the promise that God gave to Abraham and Sarah. Look at verse number 10 of Genesis 18. So then he said, I will certainly return unto thee according to the time of life. And lo, Sarah, thy wife shall have a son. And Sarah heard it in the tent door, which was behind him. Now Abraham and Sarah were old and well stricken in age. And it ceased to be with Sarah after the manner of women. What we see here is that God delivers a promise. Listen, Sarah, you're going to have a kid. It's in verse number 10. He says, I will certainly return unto thee according to the time of life. And lo, 
Listen up. Hello. Hey, listen. Look at me. This is what he's saying. And lo, Sarah, thy wife, shall have a son. It's, it kind of reminds me, like, God's talking to Abraham. Abraham's just like, he's listening for the most part. He, he's paying attention. But, but God's like, listen, I'm going to return to you. And hey, listen up. Listen, eyes, on, eyes, eyes on me. Listen right here. You're going to have a kid. He's like, don't miss this. Don't miss this. And listen, you know, as parents today, we don't have, I don't think anyone here who has a child had God come to you and tell you, lo, you shall have a, a son or you shall have a daughter. Like, I don't think any of us had that. But listen, just like Sarah had a promise here, we have promises from the Lord. We have promises in the Lord. One of the things, you think about what's one thing that every single parent needs? Wisdom. Wisdom. Sleep too, um, but maybe that's another sermon. But you think about just things that happen as a parent that you're just, let's be honest, not ready for. Let's just think about this hypothetical, hypothetical situation. You have a two-year-old going to the kitchen and opening the fridge. At the same time, you have a three-year-old hugging on your leg, not letting you go. And a mother, an 11-month-old, and I promise, I wrote this before Pastor mentioned it this morning, who had an explosion, and I'll leave that there. You don't need, if, if you don't know what it is, you don't need to know. You don't want to know. But all of this is happening at the same time. What do you do? What do you do? Parents need wisdom. Think about when kids get older and they test their parents. And let's be honest, kids test their parents. And they're seeing what strings they can pull and what buttons they can push and what things they can do and what things they can't do. And what do you do? Hmm. What about when kids fall into sin? Do things that break your heart. That just absolutely pull you and twist your stomach. What do you what do you do? Listen, we need wisdom. We need wisdom. And you know what the good news is? We have a promise in Scripture. That God will give us wisdom. James chapter 1, verse number 5. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men, what? Liberally. And abradeth not, and it shall be given him. Can't help but think of Solomon. We just went over him a little while ago in our Bible class. Solomon, consider the wisest man ever to live. Very wise in ruling the people. I think that's where his fault was. Because when he asked for wisdom, what wisdom, what did he specifically ask for? Wisdom to rule the people. He lacked wisdom in other places. But you see the he prayed specifically and he received specifically. If you want, listen, if you want wisdom to raise your children well, if you want wisdom to handle your finances well, pray specifically for wisdom in those areas. And then actually seek to learn as well. Your pastor had the, the, the bow and arrow this morning. And, and he talked about how like, you have to know how to use it. 
before the time comes. What a great illustration. Can I say this, though? When your children are in your home, that's when you have to teach them how to use it. In other words, when your children are born, until they leave your house, you are teaching them how they are going to, how to be parents. I'll be honest. I'm kind of... It, it sickens me to see how the children of this generation and children in churches and children everywhere are raised because they're raised. And, and, and the, the idea and the, the cultural idea is they're just children. Oh, they're just children. They're just let them go. Let them have fun. Let them do whatever they want. And then in our, in our mind, for some reason, we, we have this thought that sooner or later, a switch is just going to flip and they're going to be adults and they're going to be mature and they're going to they're going to know what they're doing and they're they're not going to want to just play anymore. No, raise them how you want them to live and how you want them to be when they are parents. Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he's old, he will not depart from it. That's not, listen, that's not a promise, it's a proverb. In other words, it's, it will most likely be true. There are exceptions to that. That's why it's a proverb. But if you want your child to grow up and to be responsible, to grow up and be faithful to church, to grow up and, and be a, a good man of God, a good woman of God, train them young to be that way. Train them how to draw back the arrow and raise children. We are always, 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 always supposed to teach others that they may teach others also. That's with our children. And can I say we need wisdom for that? But God will give it to you. But can I just say that sometimes, and this is true here, man, the circumstances are hard. You have a certain thing that's, that's going to happen, a certain thing you're supposed to do, but circumstances are hard. And, and sometimes, listen, they're just impossible. Let's be honest. The circumstances we see in this passage with Sarah and Abraham, for them to have a child, it was impossible. Let's just be honest. It was impossible. God tells Sarah, listen, or Abraham, and Sarah's listening, you're going to have a child. And, Sarah, and, and the Bible says, verse 11, says, now Abraham and Sarah were old and well-stricken in age. So they, listen, they just weren't old. They were Larry Petrie old, okay? <laughs> Sorry, had to, had to go there. They were old, old. They were old, 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 old. Listen, God actually given them a promise of having a child 25 years before then. And even then they were old. And then God made them wait and wait and wait and wait and wait until, listen, the, the circumstances, literally, humanly speaking, were simply impossible. Listen, when you get older, there are just some things you can't do anymore. I'll never forget when I was at my last church, we had a 5K, and there were some people who were a little older, and they, were, they, they thought to themselves, you know, I'm going to do the 5K. And they went to do it, and the problem is they just didn't realize 
They didn't realize how old they'd gotten. And they couldn't do it. There are just some things you couldn't do. Listen, when I was younger, I could touch my toes. I'm not even going to try right now. I, to be honest, I just want to sometimes see my toes, okay? <laughs> and if I go to Taco Bell too much, that's not going to happen. <laughs> Sarah was not a young chicken anymore. Neither was Abraham. These circumstances were not just hard. They're impossible. And I don't know you, but when I look at the world today, and I see how the world is, sometimes I just feel like, man, raising a godly family in this world is impossible. Just how much of the world is pulling, pulling, pulling young people away from the Lord. Just how much they want to destroy. Just listen, if you're a parent, can I just tell you, as long as possible, keep phones away from your children. Okay? And if anything, just make sure that if you do, like, they can't get on anything. And just know that they're also smarter than you when it comes to technology. So when you try to stop them, they're going to work around it. It seems impossible. So impossible. You've got to guard yourself on every side and in every way. With man, there are so many things that are impossible. But with God, listen, nothing's impossible. Even in this world that is so wicked and there's sin and there's immorality so rampant with his grace with his power with his provision you can raise a godly family real quick though you got to be godly yourself you have to be godly there's let's get away from the thinking that like oh i want my my children to love the lord to be in church and then in reality the way you live doesn't show someone who loves the lord and you're not always in church I know I'm talking to Sunday night crowd, and so I'm kind of preaching to the choir here about that. I think it needs to be said. And so we see the promise that God gave. Now let's look at the pragmatic response that Sarah had to this. And really, just the sensible. She gave a pretty sensible, logical response. Let's be real. It was logical. Let's look at let's, We'll look at it, but let's look first at in this passage, who do we see that Sarah is? What is she doing? What is she, who is she? The first thing we see when we look at verse number six, we're going to look up a little bit in the passage. Verse number six, we see Sarah's diligence. God comes up and, and Abraham sees him. Abraham's like, I'm, I'm going to go get a, you know, food for you and we're, let, me, let me feed you. Let me do all these things. So he goes and he finds Sarah. And he said, in verse number six says, And Abraham hastened into the tent unto Sarah and said, Make ready quickly three measures of fine meal, knead it, and make cakes upon the hearth. Now at that point, Abraham doesn't stay there. He tells her to do these things and leaves. Okay? He didn't have to stay there and make sure she was going to do what he asked. She was dependable. 
Listen, if someone's not dependable, if Sarah wasn't dependable, he would have gone there, asked her, and, and started to like, okay, here's, here, here's this, here's this, here's this, okay, get this, okay, do this right now. I'll be back in like two minutes to, to, to check, okay? You look at the passage, he didn't go back. She was dependable. She was, she was diligent. In fact, the next verse, it says, and Abraham ran under the herd to fetch a calf and a tender in, in, in good, calf tender and good, and gave it unto a young man, and he hasted to dress it. Sarah, Sarah was someone who was diligent. She was a hard worker. She was dependable. So she's someone you can trust. And listen, that's a person that you want to be around. When I think of someone who's dependable, someone who's diligent, I think of my wife who, who just day in and day out is working and doing things around the house. I also, listen, I also think of our pastor who day in, day out, day and night, if needed, which is a lot of times needed, is working and administering and doing things for the church. He's very diligent and kind of honest. He expects the same of me. I remember when I first got here and you know, he was giving me tasks and giving me things and he was very gracious and very understanding in not giving me too much at once and trying to slowly work me into something. Some things, you can't help it. You're just like, here you go, bam. <laughs> um, but there, there, there was one time where you know, I was just going to ask him and asking him like, and he, he just looked at me like, listen, if I just have to do everything for you, why would I even hire you? Okay? He wasn't being mean about it. Okay? If I just have to do everything for you, I, I don't need you because I'm just doing it myself. I hired you for you to do it. Okay? Now, was he still helpful? He was still, he was still all those things, but he was just trying to teach me a lesson. I had to just figure it out. Listen, I can't say, I, 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 I do think that Abraham was the type of person that he's going to be there. He's going to be there to help. He was going to be there to, to, to get things done. But at the same time, Sarah had her own stuff that he just expecting you. She's going to do. And listen, God is there for every one of us. God's going to give you the power. God's going to give you the, give you the provision. But God expects you to be faithful. God expects us to be faithful. And when we're not faithful, listen, that's sin. That's sin. We should be diligent about the Lord's work. When God calls you to do something, do it. Do it. Sarah was diligent. But look, the next, in verse number 10, we see that she left what she was doing, and then she went to the tent of the door. It says, and he said, I will certainly return unto thee according to the time of life. And lo, Sarah, thy wife, shall have a son. And Sarah, what? Heard it in the tent door which was behind him. Now, here, she stopped what she was doing. And we can look at it and be like, oh, man, just, she should have been busy in that tent. She should have just been getting all these things done. Let's remember who's talking, though. The Lord, God Almighty, creator of the heavens and earth, is talking to her husband. I think it's very much okay that she stops what she's doing and goes and listens in the door of the tent. And I think we can learn a lesson here. Sometimes we need to stop what we're doing and we need to listen to what God is saying. Some of us, we, we, are, we are cumbered about with much serving. But we're not getting fed. Luke 10, 38 through 40 says, Now it came to pass as they went that he entered into a certain village and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary. 
which also what sat at Jesus's feet and heard his word. But Martha was cumbered about much serving and came to him and said, Lord, thou dost not care that my sister hath left me to serve alone. Bid her therefore that she help me. And Jesus says, listen, she's doing a good thing. Listen, it is good to stop and listen to the word of the Lord. Now, what you should not do is use this as a reason that you sit, soak, and sour in the pew and you never actually serve. You think about Jesus himself. Jesus came not to be ministered unto, but to what? Minister. Every single Christian is called to be a servant. Christian means Christ-like, and Christ came to be a servant. So if you're like Christ, you will be a servant. Your goal will be to serve others. At least it should be. But we do see that there is a time to stop. And there is a time to listen to the Lord. And to meet with him. And to listen and obey him. And again, I know I'm preaching to a Sunday night crowd. But are you in the church, all the church services that you could be? I appreciate all those who serve in, in, in many things. But are you in, in all the church services that you could be? Are you in church? Yeah, I've worked with teenagers. And I've worked in the ministry, though not full-time, for years before I came here. And just... I mean, I've heard a lot of excuses and reasons why, you know what, I'm not going to go to church tonight. Being a youth director, the most famous one was, I have so much homework. I've got to prepare for school tomorrow, so I'm not going to go to church. I'll never forget my last church service, and I wanted to slap this person. It was a good friend, but I wanted to slap this person across the face. They were going on vacation the next day. So they missed church so they could pack for vacation. Just how many times... Like I just remember again, and think about these. These are all listen. These are all examples from my from my last church. But I remember just going and going to church and passing the house of someone who was a member of our church, and they were out mowing the lawn. And so they missed church, but why? Because they had to mow the lawn. Oh, it's just raining, 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 and it's only good night. And so I'm gonna miss church to mow the lawn. You know, sometimes God will give you opportunities to do other things that are not what you want Him to. Not what, not what he wants you to do in order to test you. To see whether or not you will do what you're supposed to do. Listen, I'm just going to I'm just gonna look at Pastor because I think he's a great example. He's a, a very diligent person. But there will be times where there's something that Pastor has to get done. But something else comes up in the church where people, you know, people, to be honest, if they just knew what he, you know, how busy he was, that they would understand that he just not go. But he knows, 
the pastor knows that God wants him to go. And so he will stop what he's doing. He will put it down, and he will leave, and he will go and minister and help and be there for a family, be there for something, be, and just do what God wants him to do there and just leave what he knows that has to get done and has to get done today, and he will come back to the church. And listen, he'll be here till midnight, 1, 2, 3 a.m., And listen, most people don't know that. But he sacrifices what he knows he needs to do for what he knows he needs to do. And listen, if we're going to raise godly kids, what we need, need, need to do is train them to be in church. If you have something that happens, we're like, oh, you know what? I'm I'm really busy. I just can't go to church tonight, so we'll just keep the family home. Listen, that's a bad example. Sacrifice. Stay up late. Do something. Do we have to do? Come to church. Take time to listen to the Lord. When you think about all of this, up to this point, and look with Sarah in this passage, man, Sarah's doing everything right. She's a great example. She's serving the Lord, and then she stops to listen to the Lord. That's all good. The problem with Sarah in this passage is she doesn't believe the Lord. She doesn't believe the Lord. We see Sarah's distrust, Genesis 18, 12. Therefore, Sarah laughed within herself, saying, After I am waxed old, shall I have, have pleasure in my Lord also? Under normal circumstances, this is a completely rational, logical, pragmatic response. The problem is that these were not normal circumstances. The Lord, God Almighty, the creator of the heavens, the one who gives life, was telling her that I'm going to give you life. She had a normal response to unnormal, to non-normal circumstances. But we can't throw Sarah under the bus without throwing ourselves under the bus. Because how, how many times are there circumstances in our lives where the normal response is A, but the response a Christian should have is B? If we simply believe the Lord, the response we would have is B, but we don't even think about the Lord. We just pick ourselves up by our bootstraps, and, and, and we, our response is A. And we have the, listen, we have the exact same response the world would. If we always have the exact same response to every problem the world is, what's different about us? Listen, when God allows financial problems in your life, what's, do you have a normal response? Or the response that a Christian should have? One of trusting the Lord. What about health? There are many people in here who have health problems. And listen, let's be honest, every one of us in here will have health problems at some point. What's your response? Is it going to be like the world and worry and and fear and fret? Are you going to trust God and seek his direction, seek his guidance? Again, being Mother's Day, what about rebellious children? (laughs) Sorry, someone laughed at that and it made me laugh. What about rebellious children? That's difficult. 
listen, what about just reacting to the, how the culture works? The culture, the culture we live in today is one where, man, go, 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 do, 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 here's this, here's this, here, your child has to do this, your child has to do this, you have to do this, you have to do... Should a Christian be holden to the culture? Or maybe as Christians, we don't have to fill our schedules up like the world does. We can actually have time where, I know this sounds foreign, where we can sit together as a family at the dinner table, sit down together as a family in church, sit down together as a family around a board game or something to have fun together. And here's the last one. Now this, sit down as a family to read the Bible. When's the last time you read the Bible together with your family? Listen, church, we walk by faith, not by sight. Our reactions should not be the same as the world. And listen, we see examples of this. Let me, let me give you an example that is far beyond what most of us, if not all of us, will ever experience in our lifetime. We can go to Acts chapter 5, verse 40. And to him they agreed, and they had called the apostles and beat them. And they commanded that they should not speak in the name of the Jesus and let them go. And they departed from the presence of the council, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. They, were, they got beat up. Why? Because they, they, they wouldn't stop preaching the name of Jesus. The first time they, like, they said, listen, don't do this or we'll beat you up. And so what did they do? They went and did it. Because they knew they shouldn't, they shouldn't obey man, they should, they should obey God. And so they brought him back. Listen, we told you we're going to beat you up. Now we're gonna, and then they beat them up. And their thinking was, we're going to discourage them. Because that's the natural, logical reaction, right? But they didn't have a natural, logical reaction. They had a righteous Christ-like reaction. They rejoiced. They rejoiced under persecution. And listen, even though Sarah was serving, and sometimes even though we're serving, we're busy, we're in church and all these things, we listen and we listen and we listen and we listen and we do and we do and we do and we do. But when it actually comes down to it, things come up and our actions reveal that we're not actually trusting. Because things happen, we don't even think about what would God have me do? What direction should God, would, would God have me go? How would God have me handle this? We just do it. And I think one of the reasons it's easy to do that is because we are so rich in this world. We are so rich in this country. We just have, if, some, if we're missing something, we just go to Walmart and we get it. Actually, we don't even go to Walmart. We buy it off, off, off Walmart.com and it's at our house the next day. We don't, even, like, we don't even have to worry most times. And, and therefore, we live a life where we don't actually ever trust the Lord. It's easy. But Sarah, listen, she didn't, she didn't trust the Lord to do it. Are you trusting the Lord to work in your life? Can I tell you, you can. 
And God, in this passage, looks at Sarah and listen, you can believe me. Number three, we see a powerful redeemer. A powerful redeemer. He says, Sarah, listen. And at that point, he tells her what, he's, what she's thinking. Can you believe that? He tells her what she was thinking. Genesis 18, 12. Says, Therefore, Sarah laughed within herself, saying, After I am old, I waxed old, shall I have pleasure in my Lord being old also? And the Lord said unto Abraham, Wherefore did Sarah laugh, saying, Shall I of surety bear a child which am old? God knows that Sarah can hear this. Can you imagine being Sarah in that tent just laughing within? The Bible says within herself. And thinking, I'm not going to have a child. And then God saying, hey, your wife just thought that she wasn't going to have a child still after I just said she was. Awkward. You know, I love my kids. They're just great. And sometimes they're good just to watch. Like When you have young kids, you don't need a TV. You literally just sit back and watch them. They're very entertaining. And you see them, and you see them do some things. And even before, like, even before it seems like they think about it, you just know, like, they're about, they're about to do that, aren't they? They're going to do that. And sure enough, what happens? They do it. They do it. It's almost like you know what they're thinking. They're easy to predict. Listen, guys, God doesn't have to predict. He doesn't have to predict. It is, very, listen, it is actually very easy to predict what my children are going to do. Tomorrow morning, uh, before, before my children's alarm clock changes to the color green, my child will get out of his bed like he's not supposed to. I'm predicting it. Charlie, don't do that. <laughs> but it does it every morning, so I can predict it. Now, I could be wrong. I don't think I am. But listen, I can do a lot of predicting. And, listen, and in parenting my children, I do a lot of predicting. So I make sure that the bathroom door is shut so my daughter cannot go in there and try to start playing with the toilet. God doesn't have to do any predicting because he knows the end from the beginning. He knows every thought you have ever thought and every thought you will think. He knows every action that you will, you will do. He knows. And he also knows what he is going to do. And listen. Listen. He loves you. He loves you. And he cares for you. And he wants the best for you. Hebrews 14, 5 and 6, it says, For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are yet without sin. Therefore, let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to... Help. Grace to help. Grace to help. Is that a promise? 
Yeah. We have a God who knows what it's like to suffer, knows what it's like to go without, knows what it's like to be in pain. No, he knows what it's like to be human. And to be honest, the life that he lived was worse than any of the, li- any of the lives of the people here. A poor carpenter in the biblical ages, in the New Testament era, in Israel, like, to be honest, he was homeless, like, his entire ministry. He had nowhere to lay his head, the Bible says. He has it worse than any of us when he came to this earth. Now he's seated at the right hand of the throne of glory, amen? Amen. Listen, he loves you. And he promises help. And he's capable of keeping that promise. He's capable of keeping that promise. He looks at Sarah and Abraham and Sarah and he says, verse number 14, is anything too hard for the Lord? No. No. And he repeats what he told them already. At the time appointed, I will return unto thee according to the time of life. Nine months later, Sarah shall have a son. Fast forward. Nine months later. Genesis 21, 1 through 2. And the Lord visited Sarah as he had said. and And the Lord did unto Sarah as he had spoken. It kind of seems like this verse is saying that the, Lord, the word of the Lord is, is good, that the word of the Lord is true, that the word of the word, the word of the Lord is sure, because it is. It says, for Sarah conceived and bare Abraham a son in his old age. Abraham was a hundred. Sarah was ninety. Hard to believe, but that is actually older than Larry Petrie. And I love you, brother. But let's just, let's just be honest. A lot of people had a hard time, believe, like, had a hard time. Like, when, when we told people that we were expecting our fourth, they were like, people were like, what? Why? Why? And the reactions were a little, maybe, they, a lot of people weren't uh, as encouraging because they were caught off guard. How much more caught off guard would everyone be if... Larry and Nora Petrie got up here next Sunday and said they were expecting. (laughs) Abraham and Sarah were older. They were older. And God made it happen. If God can make the impossible happen then whatever you need, whatever problem you're facing, don't you think that God can help you? Listen, we have so many promises in Scripture. Again, promise in Hebrews, God will help us. Another promise in Hebrews, he'll never leave you. Another promise in James, he'll give you wisdom. Promise in Romans, that he'll work out everything for the good of those who love him according to his purpose. Another in Matthew that says, listen, you seek first the kingdom of God, that he'll provide your needs. Can we, we can't forget this one. 1 John 1, 9, a promise to forgive sin. Listen, either God keeps his promises or he doesn't. 
And if he doesn't keep his promises, church, we're in trouble. But good news, he has never not kept a promise. He has kept every promise he has ever made, and he will always keep his promises. And so we can claim them, and we can live based on his promises. If your finances, you're struggling, trust him. If your health is bad, trust him. If your children are rebellious, trust him. If you're just sinking in the culture of this world, trust him. Because church, is anything too hard for the Lord? Let me ask that again. Church, is anything too hard for the Lord? No. No. Nothing is too hard for the Lord.